I'm sure you guys have been saying a lot of good things about me. We have. Carrie especially. <laughs> she read a lot of articles about me. Official 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosevich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com podcast. I'm your host, uh, Carrie Murdoch. I'm joined also by uh, Josh McQuistian, our Recruiting publisher and Eddie Radosevich, Mr. Uh, everything, the guy that we uh, lean on to do just about everything around here. Uh, keep us updated. Know us what's going. On. Let us know what's going on. Tweet world, Insta world, Snap world. Although I haven't got on Snapchat very much. I'm pretty out on Snapchat. I don't understand the new update. I'm one of those people. I don't see any difference in the Snapchat. I mean, it's I guess terrible I need to, to click get on. Another, I guess I need to get another app update or something. The last one, I would I would try as long as possible not to get it. Uh, okay, we, we've got a lot to get to. I want to get straight to some meat today. I don't know if I'm going to go on a mini rant or not. I, I'm, I'm feeling that. Welcome, Josh, uh, to the program, by the way. Uh, you know, I'm just here along for the ride. It's fine. Josh has been enjoying the last, last couple of weeks, I think, because basically it's been... Hey, Carrie wrote a defense story. Fuck Carrie. Fuck Carrie and fuck Mike Stoops and fuck Tim Kish and fuck all of you. That I mean, that's essentially, that's a lot of beeping I've got to do. But that's essentially. Always good to open that way, that's what That's what the last two weeks have been like. Every time we bring a, like, I did the first defense art I knew. It was like, had a bunch of Mike Stoops quotes in it. Wasn't going to be good. So I knew people were going to go nuts. And they did. Well, it's. I mean, I, I think that the, the fan base and, you know, I think that the, the we people get that like and to I be get loud. That. And I get it. I get it's, it. It's I pathetic. Get that people I, are, it's pathetic. But I get, I get it. that people are pissed and they don't want to hear about it and they don't want to listen to anything about the defense being good and Mike Stoops and Tim Kish. And I, I get that you're upset and, and, you, and, and it's not good enough. I get it. I'm with you. I stand united. I'm not marching on any capitals for you. I'm not marching down to the Switzer Center. Is that what's coming next? <laughs> That's what needs to happen. A march on the Switzer Center with uh, with with big gates, people holding like those defenses <laughs> that you take to to uh, you know games to or games, whatever. The white picket fences. I don't think people do that anymore, though. I think they do in Detroit, baby. Yeah, with like uh, bags over their head. Which, yeah. if you want to wear a bag to an OU football game after just, coming off a of college football, yeah, just playoff. out yourself as a loser or just off yourself. Uh, we do not condone murder uh, or suicide. Uh, so I get it, but then so I write another article that is basically Lincoln Riley talking about the defense, and I expect like, oh, I don't know what I expected to be honest with you. I guess I expected some more bleep you and bleep Kish and go bleep yourself. Uh, but it turned into someone actually suggested that Lincoln Riley was going to have a U-Haul in front of his house soon if he didn't wake up and fire Mike Stoops. Maybe the hottest of. Uh the hot takes throughout the spring so far. I got clowned by uh, freezing cold takes or old takes exposed this week. Yeah, I saw that. That's a it's a rite of passage when you when you get on there. 
for my. Uh, I got one for the Jimbo Fisher debacle. That was really my best one so far. Really? I I'm, I made a tweet about A and M being delusional to think they had a chance with Jimbo Fisher, and I can't remember who was the other Dabo. They brought up Dabo too. Uh-huh. I was like, that's not happening. And, and then it sure happened. is the world. I didn't realize how contentious things were with Fisher and the Florida State Administration. So, or that people were going to throw $7.5 million for 10 years at him. Yes, I, I also didn't realize A&M was just going to wildly overpay. Or that so, Jimbo is interested in joining a cult. So uh, He has cult leanings, there's no doubt. It's a cult. We've established that. I figured you know the Lincoln Riley thing won't go great, but it won't go over you know as bad as something something full of Mike Stoops talking about defense because basically it was Lincoln Riley saying, yeah, the defense at times are, is creating some havoc. <laughs> like they don't and I they saw don't that hear that. And granted, I saw that and I was like, well, this is going to get some attention. Lincoln Riley saying the defense is creating havoc. havoc. <laughs> People are going to be like, bullshit. That's not happening. And that, that's kind of that was half the board was kind of like that's that's bullshit. That's not happening. Uh, and I'm telling you what, Eddie, after talking to defense yesterday, mm-hmm. I think we could make a case that the defense is looking good without any sort of homer connotations. Or Oh, no. I'm, I'm ready to go full heel. Toward, I mean, I, and people have been mad at me because I haven't been calling for Mike Stoop's head. Jim I'm Marais. almost, and, and there Marais. are people out there that Eddie, are. Eddie, can you reach his mic? Stop there it, are stop people. <laughs> there are people out there who are making a name for themselves on the platform of fire Mike Stoops. The defense sucks. Look at this formation. All that stuff. And we all know what I. I like the guy. The, one of the guys that I'm talking about. Um, I know it's mixed feelings. I won't even get into it. But there, I mean, that literally people are like pandering to the. The fire Mike Stoops crowd because everybody is the majority of people want Mike Stoops fired and fired yesterday. I wonder what the percentage of people that want Mike Stoops fired that actually played football are. I'm saying, I'm saying, I, I could go based on what we heard from players yesterday. I could literally go full heel and say the defense is going to be great this year. Oh no! Yes, I could. I could. I'm not saying I am, but I, I would feel comfortable. If I had to die on my own sword saying that the defense is looking good in practice so far. On the flip side what, of that. What is great? What, what, what's our I said good. I said here? good. Looking good. Okay. Okay. And nobody's going to believe that. And nobody's going to – because nobody wants to believe that. Because if the defense is looking good and if, if Brendan Radley Hiles is out there reshaping the secondary because he's making so many plays and if – People want to piss all over Parnell Motley, but I'm telling you, Parnell Motley can make plays on defense, and when very few other people could last year, and you add, so you have Motley now, you have Bookie. If those guys are ball hawks, and yesterday Eddie, I mean, I'll, I, I don't want to play the clip because it's 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 not really set up to be played that way, but I really felt like that uh, Kerry Cooks went out of his way to talk about Trey Brown and, and what a difference maker he could be if he just figure it out. It was pretty incredible, and we, the full interview is up on the site. Well, here, let me, let, me, let me set the scene for you. Uh, I'm going to play a, a series of clips here. We're going to start with the hated, and I understand. Boo your, your screen or your car or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Get your boos ready, because I'm going to play some Mike Stoops from yesterday. Or just gonna, get over it. And I'm going to follow it up. He's not going anywhere, so get over Neville it. Neville Gallimore and John Michael Terry. So here's Mike Stoops uh, after practice yesterday. 
Well, I think we're, you know, the defensive line's becoming, you know, a factor. And for any team to, you know, to have a great defense, it, it all starts up front. And just like our offense, uh, it, it starts up front. And I, I think uh, those guys have done a great job. I think we're, we're much more developed, much more, you know, we have a physical presence about us up front. Uh, Neville's made substantial. Uh, Dylan has made substantial gains. Our mind, they've all played. They, and I think, you know, we're, we're trying to play them a little differently, uh, a little more aggressively at times, but uh, just really pleased with the way we're playing up front. Uh, that was Mike. And then here was uh, Neville Gallimore. I'm, I'm excited, and, like, and we're going to surprise a lot of people, a lot of people. Neville said that he feels like you guys as a whole are going to surprise a lot of mm-hmm. people next season. Yeah. He feel that kind of building for mm-hmm. you guys during the spring? Yeah, I definitely agree with Neville. Yeah, we're looking good. And that was John Michael Terry. Uh, and here's the thing. Like, when he said, I totally discounted and forgot Dylan Fa'amatu'e or whatever his name mm-hmm. is. But there were times that he held his own. Like, he played okay. I thought he should have played more at times. And other times he just he went out there and he did nothing. But that's a guy that could maybe help you out. And then, you know, you add a Michael Thompson, maybe he, if he could play or make an impact early, all of a sudden, you know, Q Overton's not practicing at all and they're still apparently doing something i mean that's a good offensive line that they're facing kenneth murray's missing time uh obviously the two safeties are missing time and chase uh chance Chance sylvie and and robert barnes Barnes. uh but then you add in guys like uh buki radley hiles who i don't know if there's a, a single player that has garnered more attention without doing anything in 10 years at oklahoma like just the way that the coaches talk about him and the way that Kerry Cooks talked about him just being a playmaker and doing the small things and being a quick learner, that was – it's impressive. It's its really, really impressive. I'm telling you, we could we could start to build a case. And this is not about sunshine pumping. I don't care about either. You guys know how this works. You've been on the boards forever. Like, the – the we've, had, we've talked about this forever, Josh. It's the doom and gloomers versus the sunshine pumpers. And – I have always, and we have all, as a, as a website, we have always kind of walked that line of, of being uh, a little bit critical, a little bit realistic, not trying to get too much into the sunshine pumping, not trying to get too doom and gloomy, but it's like sides, you take sides. It's like Republicans and Democrats. You take, and we don't allow politics, but it is like a two-party system. You're, you're a doomer or a gloomer, or you're a sunshine pumper, and you would think like, oh, sunshine pumpers, those are very nice fellows. They're the sunshine pumpers are some of the most evil bastards you will ever come across in your life. Like they will murder. Like both sides will murder, but just because someone is being overly positive does not mean that they're necessarily a nice person. <laughs> it's a little bit like why Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. That goes completely over my head because I haven't <laughs> never seen the movie. Well, it's like he started thinking the dark side was of the force was better than the light side okay. or whatever. I'll take your word for I, it. It's very nerdy and dorky, but we have nerds and dorks that listen, so they'll appreciate it. They'll appreciate that. it. Josh, Unless I don't, they've already turned it off after, Josh, after the Mike Stoops rant. I don't know how you feel about my breakdown of the dark versus the light, but feel free to comment. No, you know, it's that... That's the way that becomes. And, you know, you said it it is. It's a two-party system. You have to be on this side or the other. There's no room for the middle. And I've 
I live in the middle. Like I'm one of those people that like I'm I, I, I pride myself on like, okay, I can see some points over here and okay, I can see some stuff over there. And what I think's always been good about us is it tends to be opposite. Like Carrie Carrie, something you're kind of positive about, like your defensive talk right now, I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm not buying any of that shit. I'm not buying any of it. I've heard it before. I, I'm not interested. Um, but see, I'm not being. Po- I'm just saying, I'm not saying. Oh, the defense is going to be good. You guys watch out. You're you're going to feel stupid when they're good. I'm not saying that. What no, I'm no, no. saying is, I, I, I could take you a position. Hope. I could no, no, no. That's not even. I'm saying I could take a position based on what we're hearing that okay. the defense is looking good. Okay. And it would be a legitimate position. I, but everyone out there is going to say, as I said, fuck you and go fuck yourself and the defense sucks and Mike Stoops should be fired. I could see both sides of it. I can, I can see, Carrie, I can see your side because they do have a lot returning. Uh, they did get a lot of really good experience for young guys last year. You need guys like Neville Gallimore to have a really you good year. You need guys up you front need, to do stuff. You know, I, I think the linebacker and position is still very sketchy. Uh, the safety position, very sketchy as well. And the, and the linebacker's sketchy because So Kenneth I can see Murray, why Josh thinks that, you know, yeah. you got to go out and prove it. you got to go out and do it. That's what a lot of people, and including on the board, and that, that tune will quickly change if they are very good through the first six games. Or, you know, they probably need to do a season Actually, of it. Actually, well, the tune... You don't think will, the tune will ever the change? The tune won't change, though. The tune will become... Until they win a national championship? The tune will become, well, Bob Diaco needs to be defensive coordinator now. <laughs> yeah, Mike Stoops has officially True. entered the <laughs> you get no credit. Yeah. They're either going to be good or it's going to be your fault. Yeah. They're either going to suck because of you yeah. <laughs> or they're going to be good in spite of you. Because... Exactly. Well, it'll be because either A, Diaco, or B, oh, you had to have an experienced defense to finally have a good team. Like, we can't field young guys and be successful. But they're not... Right. Exper- I mean, if they're good, it's not because they're experienced. It's because they have, you know, better athletes, which is what Lincoln Riley has been saying. And the reason why Lincoln Riley kept Mike Stoops in the first place is because he said, we're not good enough on defense. And they're not. They haven't been. But... You know, that's Mike Stoops' problem, too. I mean, he's he's the defensive coordinator. It's his job to recruit guys. So, yes, I, I know what you're screaming at your 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 radio right now or your computer. It's his fault that they're not, they don't have great athletes. It is. It's all their faults. But you know what? Lincoln Riley is now the head coach, and he's not afraid to jump over and try and help on the recruiting side defensively, and that's what he's going to do. And, and Ruffin McNeil hasn't been here but a year. So that's the plan. I'm just saying that's the plan. That's why he's not fired because they are going. The, the, their plan is to get better through recruiting by sheer force. Just have Carrie, players that are so good that it doesn't matter if they don't have the best coaching, which I don't agree with. I like what Mike Gundy said when he hired his defensive coordinator. He went out and looked a guy that had success with players that weren't as good as other players in in, in other schools. Eddie's got a smirk on his face. I'm just waiting he, for Josh. Oh, go ahead. No, you know I was just waiting on you. Now, the the thing I want to ask you, and again, you may be, you may have already had this audio queued up because I know it's kind of been a story of the week. How much of your faith in this, or not faith, whatever, wh- wh- the reason you kind of choose to believe maybe something's <laughs> happening here? I have gone so off the rails that Josh is not even willing to. He's afraid to say that I'm saying things at this point. Yeah, I, well, I want to be careful because you were really clear. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you know how that much I get cause to think. Maybe. And I do appreciate that because what you're doing is you know how much I get ripped of being a I, mic I supporter. Do. And you're just trying to be sensitive to that. And I, I, I appreciate I, I, that. I, well, I don't want to paint the wrong picture. You know, that that's uh, because we already know that the 
people in this podcast can get wrongly labeled because of something someone else said. And see, uh, even I.e. Sugar Bowl. Even so, opening the show, <laughs> even opening the show, I wanted to play that just to get under people's skin. A lot of talk about the safety <laughs> position. Whoops, that's, what are you uh, seeing there? You moved just. Not the, I'm sorry, I played the wrong thing. It was this. I'm sure, you guys have been saying a lot of good things about me. We have. Carrie, especially. Huh? She read a lot of articles about me. See, Carrie Murdoch and Mike Stoops are thick as thieves. Best buddies. See, and that's such a. It's kind of like what we're talking about with the pumpers or the, uh, you know, the uh, whatever you want to say, the, the guy, the negative, whatever. You have a doom and gloomers, doom and whatever gloomers, you yeah. want to call it. Those people are going to hear that and hear two different things. One of them is going to be like, oh, yeah, Mike's giving him shit, which is exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And he's the people just busting are like, my oh, balls. Carrie, Mike and Carrie, like they're going to hear that. Like do they're, we, they're just going to hear it. That do way. Mike Stoops and I get along? Yes. I think everyone would want to get along with someone that they interview on a weekly basis. So, you know, sue me for being a guy that is is easy to get along with or people enjoy talking to or that is entertaining in some way i well it, it helps me break a lot of stories with recruits if they kind of hate me they're like <laughs> oh that son of a bitch let's give him the info on our upcoming official visit let's talk about that i'm ass. just i'm more worried about the people that like <laughs> that that can't look at the guy without like emitting this like this just anger it's just like it's how it's become. like the the thing with the education system yesterday i thought those were really good quotes he has very good perspective he comes from his a family father of teachers. was yeah i mean bob used to tell All the stories four of about them are coaches they i mean would, he his would, sister's a principal he would take out the, the film and break it down on their kitchen table and play the projector on the refrigerator in the kitchen like it is a i, I thought cody stavenhagen put it best it is a family of educators almost yeah. and people just wanted to turn this into like a defense thing it's like jesus christ people Oh, you mean just the just, responses? Like, yeah, just breathe. The person who taught him how to coach defense needs to be fired. Yeah, it was like he's he's wasting money too. Oh, that whole like thing, nobody yeah. wastes money more than Sherry. No, Cole. We none know of the that. state's money is going to either Sherry Cole or Mike Stoops or Lincoln Riley. It's just like I I don't understand the the deep rooted hatred and anger. I mean, I guess I do, but it's it's very like shocking. Yeah, I hate to tell you this, but the rich people with the private planes are the ones that are paying the coaches. And the season ticket holders. No, no, there's no capital gains tax that's going to Mike Stoops' salary. It's been a good spring, though, so far. How so? Just, just as far as I'm questioning like whether it has been. Just, I, I feel like there's a lot of been a lot of building. I, I'm interested to see this group. You're saying that you have months, a positive impression months. of what's going on. I feel like it. Well, after that stuff we just heard, I mean, you go to you go to three and four different people on the defense, and they all genuinely. I mean, people can go watch your video, right? You can see Neville Gallimore is genuinely excited about how they're performing and how he's performing. Even more so, I, the stuff about Benny Wiley was really good from Neville Gallimore. Yeah. It's almost like he has a new. I don't want to say a new lease on life, but he definitely has a, a Maybe changed attitude. Maybe he doesn't attitude. feel beat down. And I, I, I walked away from that thinking Neville Gallimore did not like Jerry Schmidt very much. And that was just, that's my opinion. But the way that he talks about Benny Wiley makes you think that he has been inspired a little bit. Yeah. And they need, I mean, he is probably, he's top three most important guys on that defense going into next year. 
I mean, that's you know, I think that's one of the big changes with with Bob and Lincoln is that Bob was old school, but you know what? Nick Saban is old school. I mean, yeah. it works at different levels, but when you're winning and going to the college football championship all the time and winning national championships, it's easy for a player to say, well, Nick Saban's being a dick, but it works. Like, I like so winning. I have to deal, it. You yeah. deal with it. When it's Jerry Schmidt yelling at you after you've, you know, went to the sugar bowl and missed out on the college football playoff. You're probably like, why? Why aren't we? Why do I have to go through this? I could be going to Alabama and going through. Hey, this. big and dog! How about you eat your own throw up? <laughs> I wonder if anybody ever said that to him. Uh, <laughs> I bet some. I bet there's a there's a nice bathroom reading book full of quotes <laughs> of Jerry awful Schmidt. things that have been said to Jerry Schmidt. Yeah. By the way, we're we're recording the pod. Uh, while watching the Masters, Tiger is—he's uh, got the big—he's got the big dog right now. So this is interesting to see what happens. Is he? Uh, he's had two par five so far. This Doesn't is his second par second five. Second par five. Oh, he loves it straight down the middle. Yeah, that, just you could, striped. You could tell that was a big relief. On that was his a face. good shot. We need to make some birdies. We're at one over right now, so need to make some birdies. Course, Mark Eddie, Leishman at three Eddie, under. Uh, Eddie took a shot at Joey Galloway yesterday. He's in prime. He's in midseason form right now. You know, he's yelling at you. Yelled at Lynn Swan, which I agree. Shut the hell up, Lynn Swan. No one cares about Lynn Swan. No it, one cares Swan, about your stories about meeting Jack Nicholas. Lynn Swan broke the number one rule. Uh, my biggest pet peeve: if you're at the golf course and you're not playing, you don't need to wear golf shoes. And he had golf shoes on yesterday. Is he from Georgia? I don't know. I think why he, is he a member? He's rich. I don't you even should. know if he's a member. Lynn Swan shouldn't be rich. I mean, he played a long time ago. He's the athletic director at USC, wasn't he? Or is he? Is he still? He's from Tennessee. Yeah, he's from Tennessee. I guess that's close enough. Him and uh, are the late chairman Hootie Johnson must have been friends. <laughs> No, the, actually, it was the one he, black person that Hootie liked. <laughs> he was born in Tennessee, grew up in L.A., and then actually went to Sarah, the school that we all know. Yeah, did he really? Mm-hmm. Is he the act? He's not the athletic director anymore at USC, is he? I thought he was. Yeah, no, he still is. He still is, huh? Mm-hmm. I just assume, he just took over, didn't I he? I just assume everyone they had an AD come in every year that's an idiot, and then they fire him. Oh, I mean, it's a it's a revolving door. Yeah. It's kind of like their head coaching position. Is it kind of amazing that Pete Carroll did all that he did with Mike Car- Garrett as his athletic director? I think it's because Mike Garrett left him alone. Yeah, and just Maybe. let him run. Pete his Carroll program. did whatever he yeah. wanted. Yeah, like paid hey. all his players. Bought Reggie Bush a house. No, but they had a good there. time. I mean, that dude that that what wasn't there like a fake suicide thing or something somebody did? My God. During one of the practices, like a prank or something. Oh, yeah, it was a prank. Like, yeah. It was a joke, but it was. I kind of remember that, Josh. Yeah, but I don't to... remember what the context was. What's sad is I was like, but they had a good time, and then I was trying to pull something up, and the first one I pulled up was a fake suicide. <laughs> so I don't think that's the perfect example I was looking for. Because no, that's but he would do dark. a lot of stuff. I mean, of course, you know, he was most known for welcoming in the uh, deep snapper. That. You know, before he had his eyes taken out, and they were Eddie, taken alleged, out. Allegedly, they were allegedly, taken allegedly, out of his head. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Uh, all right. So 
we talked about the things on defense that are you know the biggest concern defensive line. Um, but we got a chance to talk to Kerry Cooks yesterday, and I thought we had I thought a pretty interesting conversation with him. Here's Kerry Cooks just talking about the overall development of the secondary so far in spring. A lot of talk about the safety position. What do you see in there? You've moved Justin Broyles over there. Uh-huh. Uh, I know Robert's been banged up a little bit, but but just your assessment. Yeah, Robert and Chance are banged up a little bit, but I think we're getting some good productivity uh, at the safety spot. You know, we've got Khalil Halton who's played both positions for us. Um, so he's playing some there. Broyles has done some good things. And, again, the guy that you guys are going to hear, you know, probably throughout the rest of this camp and summer is Buki. You know, he's also playing some safety for us as well. So, uh, you know, he gives us the ability um, and flexibility to, to add somebody who's got just natural playmaking ability. You know what I mean? So I'm pleased where they are now. Obviously, you got a long way to go, and, and you'd, you'd want to be able to, to have Chance and Robert out there continue to compete so you really know where you are. You know what I mean? But as of right now, I'm pleased with where they are. Just going to keep pushing them to get better. Now, you know, the things that he said about Buki uh, yesterday, Eddie, kind of were a little jaw-dropping to me, like the praise that he lumped on this kid. I, I, I kind of mentioned it to you earlier, and I was kind of joking, but, I mean, I left yesterday thinking Kerry Cooks pretty much thinks Buki is their best defensive back. Yeah. Or one of them. I mean, top three automatically. He said, I mean, he basically almost, he, he said he, almost... Said I know where you're going with this. That he's the best player he's ever coached. I was going to go with, he basically said he's better than Stephen Parker right now. Yeah. I mean, he didn't say it, but he said that he has adjusted himself to play all the positions better than Stephen yeah, Parker yeah. did. That he's he learned, literally said He said, said it took Stephen Parker five years to learn to play two positions, and Buki's already playing two. I mean, and the kid Here, hasn't, like, he hasn't even suited up for OU yet. Here's uh, the, the Buki talk from Kerry Cooks yesterday. Oh, man, I mean, it, it makes everybody else step their game up. I mean, you got a guy that, you know, really should be thinking about prom right now that's coming in, and I can't even count how many plays that he's made. And it's, it's just small things. They're not all, like, big hits or anything like that. But, you know, he's, he's, he's patient in coverage, and, you know, all of a sudden the ball's there, and he just, you know, kind of throws his hands up and, and bats it down or, you know, just being able to stay square. And, you know, they, they throw the swing screen, slide off. I mean, just natural things, you know what I mean, that, that, that he just adds to the game. And, you know, guys see that, you know, and, and – you know, obviously, guys want their name in the papers too, so they want to make plays. They want the coaches talking about them too, so it makes everybody raise their their, their level of play up. Is that kind of like I don't know if you have a point guard that just has natural assist abilities, like he just has intangibles and a sense of how to be in the right place at the right time? It, that, that is that is a great point. He's got those things that you, you you know you have to coach him one time on something, and you love guys like that. You tell him one time, or he sees it one time on tape. And then he lets his instincts take over and his athletic ability take over. And I haven't been around a guy like that wow, in, in, in a long time. Just just how, how natural the game comes to him. And really at all positions. I mean, we throw him out at, at corner sometimes in one-on-one. Obviously, he's playing nickel. He's playing safety. And it's just, you know, he just understands football. Listening to that, the first thing I thought of was that, that like, second play of the Army-American yeah. game yeah. where he tipped it up, Josh. I mean, that, that almost – that kind of speaks to the level of just – I don't know, is it awareness around the ball or, I mean, just the unwritten things that he can do? Yeah, you know, and I've said it before, the thing that always strikes me when I'm around, like, when I, when I talk to him in San Antonio, he was talking about things that I never hear high school kids talk about. He was talking about 
watching a guy's feet and kind of getting a read on his feet on what he wants to do with him on that route. What he's what? Okay, if his feet are like this, okay, he's going to try to go vertical. If his feet are like this, he's going to try to hit me on a slant. Like, just thinking of stuff on that level, that stuff college guys don't always get to. And he was thinking of it as a high school senior. And obviously, I mean, it helps because he played at a place like IMG that's so football-focused and has a lot of NFL guys. And, how, how much the, is that? How much is there in that, like, that going to an IMG school like that? Do you just pick up that kind of stuff when you're around it all day? I think there's some of that. I, do, I definitely don't think that's all there is to it. I mean, because, right. you know, you guys, and I, I've read some stuff where Bowler talked about a pledger being pretty advanced, you know, kind of getting getting going pretty quickly and pretty easily. Um, I think with uh, with Buki, I, I think there is something to what Kerry is saying about Kerry uh, uh, Cooks. I guess we gotta we got to clarify with the two Kerrys involved here. Um, with they, they both love saying, there's a... <laughs> What's that? They both love Mike. Oh, God. <laughs> Perfect. Um, there is a very natural feel to his game. Like, it's not always, when you watch him, you're not like, oh, that's that's textbook. That's the way it's supposed to be done, blah, blah, blah. But there is no question that there's any time there is something on the football field happening and he is on the field, he's making plays. I mean, whether it was from the return game, he just has a very instinctual way about himself like he just kind of sees things other guys don't see and I don't think it's something that you can coach I don't think that's something I think that's kind of what Cooks was saying that's not something I can teach him to do he just has a way of kind of feeling out what's about to happen and he's just there a split second early now you know to extra nerd it I mean maybe he's got some superpowers I don't know I mean we, we could talk about that I know Eddie you're into the superheroes so maybe he's, you know, he's got a little premonition in him, but if I, he if, just, it just amazes me how quickly he can react to things that other guys just haven't even broken on the ball and he's already in position to make a play. I know whenever I think of Eddie, I think, man, that dude loves comic books. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Eddie, Eddie is a comic dude. He loves no doubt. There's nothing more that he loves than waking up on a Saturday and going and getting some anime comic books. <laughs> Watching his Dragon Ball Z. Oh, just love it. And if Eddie's pronunciation of anime wasn't the perfect example of Eddie not knowing... You know what? I, honestly, I don't even know what anime is. Is it just cartoons? Japanese anime, Japanese cartoons. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, okay, so another thing that Cook said that I think will make a lot of people on the board happy... I know, that's the other thing. We've got the whole who should be corner because... You you do have the crowd that can great that will never that never get over the fact that uh, Parnell Motley played like shit against OSU. Like they're never going to get over. It. It's like yeah. throw him away. He's gone. He's done. He's he's a goner. <laughs> okay, Move and we on. have to be honest. It's also a topic Kerry's a little sensitive about because Motley is, is one because of his guys. Motley, I, yeah, I'll I'll die on that vine. Like <laughs> Motley is one of your best playmakers on defense. And sure. granted, let me ask you this. When's the last time OU's had a difference maker at a safety position? Ooh. Like on a national level. Roy Tony, Williams? Tony oh, Jefferson? Ashland. Tony Jefferson, yeah. was the best one I could think of. And but Tony Jefferson was really good. but Not he, bad for an undrafted uh, free agent. Yeah, but he wasn't drafted. I mean, he yeah. wasn't seen as an elite national safety. like Average? Yeah, I mean, average. Roy Williams, I mean. I mean, you're, you're talking almost 20 years ago. Yeah. But I mean, Which think about what that could mean for a defense. 
to have an oh, there's elite, no elite playmaking safety in your defense. Like it's a it's a foreign concept at Oklahoma. Especially in this league where they want to challenge vertically so much and they want to work you up the field. If you have a safety that can I mean, you're gonna give up passes, but if you have a safety that can make tackles in space, can make can cover guys, you know, all the tight ends and flex guys and that stuff that they use in the Big Twelve. And like Cook said, they're playing him at difference. they're playing him at corner too. Just to get him out there. I mean, he can play corner. Like he could be a starting corner for Oklahoma. He could. Are we, are we talking about Buki? About Buki, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I still think that's where he ends up. But but back to back to the Motley thing. I mean, we, on the board we get in this often get in this conversation of who should be the the starting corners, and it it flux. It a lot of people want Trey Brown because the um, with Motley they saw him give up plays in the OSU game. They saw Trey Brown intercept like three passes, and I think none of them counted because uh, of most bizarre calls in the history of <laughs> oh, Bedlam. Yeah. Bedlam, yeah. So people want to see more. You were more down on Trey the field Brown. for two of them. Yeah, people want to see more Trey Brown, and I get that. I, I do. Kerry uh, Cooks wants to see more of Trey. Brown. Trey Norwood. I mean, I'm fine with Trey Norwood. He did good, but he's still. I agree with the people that are concerned about just how frail he is. I mean. And he is not. We we talked to him last week, Eddie. I don't know if you were up next to him, but I don't think he's gained a pound since the season. I thought he was a little bit thicker, but I don't know if that's but compared saying to Trey that's Brown, where he's coming like, from. Yeah, I mean, Trey Brown. Trey is, Norwood is extremely long, though. Yeah, he is. His arms, I mean, they hang past his knees almost. Here is uh, Kerry Cooks talking about his corner um, battles. I, I like where Norwood is at. Uh, you know, I like where Piedmont's at, but I really like. Uh, where Trey Brown is, 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 you know, to me, if Trey Brown would, would realize how good he could be, I mean, you know, sky's going to be the limit. Not That's not taken away from any of the other guys, but just from a talent standpoint, a guy that can run and he's, he's a stout kid and play physical, um, he's really picking up his game, you know, really the last five or six, you know, days. So I like that competition, and, and, and those guys are kind of cycling through, you know, and, and, and no one's getting comfortable, you know, but there's a lot of competition back there. Miguel's a ways away. You know, he's just got to get bigger, stronger, faster right now. Um, but the three guys that, that, that are played for us are, are, are doing some really good things. And then add that on top of, you know, every now and then throwing Buki out there. You know what I mean? So, so they know that they got to be on point every day. They can't come out here and take a day off. And that's without Jordan Parker being 100% yet. Right. That's crazy. I've totally forgot about Parker, who's always been one of my guys. Pittsburgh. That's wild. You know what? It it just never like dawned on me that he was a California kid because I always saw Pittsburgh in front of his name. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where. Where is Pittsburgh, California? It's it's up like Northern California, like in the kind of San Francisco greater area. area. He's a Bay Bay Area Area kid. Yeah, yeah. It's like he and Samia and Mixon were all from kind of the same general area. Okay. But I mean, look. You hear all this stuff, and safety, they got to get that figure out. I mean, you would hope that Robert Barnes could be that guy. I mean, he's got the – I know Josh is – Josh probably wants Houghton just because that was your boy. That was, was one of my guys. There's no question. And and on the flip, I had questions about Robert Barnes. As much as I as a safety. liked him as a kid and thought he was talented, I – I just had some concerns. I always kind of thought Robert Barnes might grow into an outside linebacker. I did too. When I first I mean, saw Robert him, Barnes is a large framed guy. He's big. First time I saw him was at that South Grand Prairie uh, mm-hmm. OU satellite camp. When he got offered. Yeah. yeah, when he got offered. And my first impression was, oh, that kid's growing into a linebacker. Not to mention who his dad is. Darryl yeah. Or, or uh, um, 
Reggie. Reggie Barnes. Daryl Reed. If Daryl Reed and his father, there's, there's Reed there was a problem on that team. By the uh, way, did you see that 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 uh, story about the girl that sent in her DNA to Ancestry.com and found out that her father was actually her fertility doctor? What he put his no. he, he replaced her father's sperm with his. That's strange. Oh, that's messed up. So yeah, now she's suing him. Oh, she's going to be a millionaire. Because he's a doctor. Yeah, it's great. Good for her. <laughs> it's like the worst you know, news. He's like, the worst and best you. news of all time. Yeah, he's like, damn you, science. Seriously, we never knew this was going to happen. Uh, yeah, you're uh, a quarter Irish. Uh, you're not German at all. And uh, your father was your doctor. <laughs> and take those later hosen off. You know, though, that's what always... Because I hear this crap all the time. Because Laney... Like, when Lainey was a baby, everybody's like, she looks just like you, Josh. She looks just like you. You know that that dad, all his life, has heard, oh, your little girl looks just like you. She's got the same nose and everything. She literally has no genetic connection to you, dude. <laughs> like, th- there's none. You mean to the, to, to the father? Yes. No, I mean, to, like, to the guy she thought was her dad, she has no genetic connection to. And you know he'd been hearing for years that, oh, she looks just like you, or she's got oh, your eyes. I, oh, the yeah, hell I she does. I see what you're saying, yeah. But to be fair, Lainey does look like you. Lainey does. I, she's, I apparently she's make getting, a really cute She's getting cuter is the yes. thing. Like, she, she's when she was like one, mom. she looked like you, uh-huh. uh, and now she's much cuter. Like yes. she's no, softened that's, that's totally up. Fair. So either you would be a good-looking woman, or oh, we don't think that's the case. No, let's not find out. No, let's not. Let's let's absolutely not. Um, Layla luckily looks a lot more like Tiffany. Like everybody's still, like, oh, she looks like Lanny. I'm like, nah, there there's there's differences. See, I don't think I think she's in baby blindness mode. Like when you're a baby. Yeah, I'm blind to what you look like until yeah. you form some more distinct features in your in your face. The thing I do want to say, like is, and maybe it's because I'm the father of two while. chubby babies, or you know, Lainey was and Layla now is. Skinny babies are awkward looking. I, I just want to put that out there. The, the skinny babies look awkward to me. Like I'm always like they like, they look sickly to me or something, and I don't. You know, sorry to offend all the parents of skinny children out there or skinny babies. Well, but. you don't really have any control over that, do you? I mean, you can't make your no, baby well, hell skinny. No, no, no. It's just the way it. Because you're way just it feeding is. it to shut it up, basically. Yep. Oh God. There. Yeah. There are two a.m. wake up calls are a norm in the McQuistian house right now, and I'm about done with that. So we're just gonna we're, we're just gonna not feed her anymore. I figured you know, there's. I could just tell by your. You know whether it's your your involvement in the war room or, or what it what it is like. Mm-hmm. You've had a rough time of it. I can this, tell. She she has not been as easy as Laney was. There's no doubt. Laney was already sleeping through the night with regularity right now, and Layla's not even close. So She's devil baby. Yes, yes. That's that's the way that's gone. Now, are you at the are, are you at the people, point where like are you kind of like I don't know if you've seen the movie This Is Us. Uh, with uh, Paul Rudd and uh, uh, Leslie. This is 40. This is, this 40? is 40. Yeah, this yep. is us as the TV I show. I love that movie. It's a great show. This is 40. You like This Is Us? It's for chicks, right? Are you Wait, talking about what? Eddie, you no. think This Is Us is a great show? No, This Is 40. Oh, This Is 40. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. Um, but are you like when they're driving out to the uh, resort and they're like, you know, they're talking about how their kids are assholes? 
Oh, have you had that conversation with Tiffany? Like, do you guys ever just privately call your kids jerks? Oh, I, I am like I'm one of those people that I, I I open I own it. I'm like I hate infants. I don't like <laughs> infants. They suck. They're not fun. They're they're just they're like leeches because all they want all they do is take. They give nothing. They just they're awful. I, I was the same way about Lainey, and now like I you can't hardly find a time where I'll say something bad about Lainey. She's good. She gives me no headaches. She's super easy to deal with. She she's a good kid. If Layla is half as good, life will be fine. But there are definitely days when you're – we had one point um, – I bet you Layla was like a month old. And we had them in our room. We're trying to get them dressed to go somewhere. Lainey doesn't want to wear what she's wearing. Layla is just pissed off because she's a one-month-old. And Tiffany just kind of looks at me. She's like, have two, they said. It'll be fun, they said. And I mean, like, they were – they're just like screaming their lungs out at us. And you're like, God, this is awful. And you, you do. I mean – it was the same thing for the first six months of Laney. I was like, what the hell did I do to my life? Like, I had this great life, super easy, got to do what I wanted to, came and went as I saw, and then I got used to it. And then Laney was awesome, it was fine, and now I'm like, what have I done to my life? This was a terrible decision. Sorry, Layla, when you hear this 20 years from now. I, I, I love you. <laughs> you. You grew up fine. That's uh, all right. Our host probably have gone out of business by then. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... I spring football practice that another major scrimmage coming before the final game. The f- scrimmage uh, the on Saturday, right? Saturday, and then they'll have a. Uh, it's gonna be like wintry mix on Sunday, though. It's gonna be weird. Well, they'll do it early, but then they'll have the the spring game officially on the fourteenth. Um, anything really? I mean, I guess the one thing that stood out to me yesterday is Kerry Cooks. I asked him about. Guys, you know, his impressions of, of returning receivers. And once again, A.D. Miller's name pops up a lot. I mean, that's been the one name, and I know a lot of people are, it's not like defense bad, but people are kind of like, I don't want to hear it. Show me. I won't hear about A.D. Miller. I, I, but A.D. Miller never really did anything bad no, to you. No, that's, that's, he just didn't play well, and then he got replaced by Jeff Mead. That's the thing, like, I where has this hate developed for for uh, Ad Miller? It's like I don't know. the kid redshirted last year. He didn't even do anything. If he didn't get tackled in the end zone in Knoxville, they probably don't win the game. Yeah. So I, I, I first of all, this has kind of been the spring of Carey. The defense sounds promising. Ad Miller, who Carey has, not well. How would you turn that, Carey? Like I guess you chose. I think our big thing last spring no, was no, we no. went with I, Dahu and AD. Yeah, I, I no no no. And I, had I, I said that I said that it was just a matter of time until I got a phone call or a tip uh, or a, there was a, a university release that said AD Miller has decided to transfer from the program. Like yeah. I was just waiting for that. Sure. As soon as the season was done last year, because I'm going to tell you one thing that happened is and I noticed this and it was one of those things I never said anything about but AD Miller after the season was over last year he got followed on Twitter by Nebraska's director of scouting who's not even there anymore and that let me know okay something's up like something weird's happening he's talking to people about a potential transfer he wants and I'm sure he was unhappy but something's changed Perhaps he I mean it's one of those waters. it's one of those things like 
you know, it's it's why you never report. And this kind of goes into, you know, the process of reporting. But just because, uh, you know, someone knows a guy on the team that says A.D. Miller said he's going to transfer while they're sitting around the locker room. Like, that happens with almost every player at one point in their We career. were at a party Saturday night, and yeah. A.D. Miller told me. That he's leaving. He's leaving. I might have I might have had 15 beers and smoked two joints, but he's leaving. Was it a country hoedown? Yeah, something like that. It wasn't at a fraternity house. Well, do we know if A.D. Miller has any younger sisters? I don't know. Did the Fiji house have like a big barn dance like the betas did or anything? No, we're not losers. All right, some of my best friends are betas. I got good friends that are betas. We can all get along. I have good friends that are betas. (laughs) They'll, They'll laugh at that. And he just attacks everything and everybody. It's all in love, though. I mean, they haven't been kicked off campus like SAE, but... <laughs> yeah. Huh. And I have a, gun, a bunch of friends that are SAEs, too. I should say one of my too. best buddies from high school is SAE. It was OUSAE, so, yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, though. Like, the A.D. Miller thing has been interesting. The first time that I really, like, remembered him, and even he was a part of the program, was when we talked to Charleston Rambo in Los Angeles. And there, they had yeah. really kind of formed a bond yeah. on the scout team together. Well, that was the thing. And Ad Miller was one of those guys uh, when Dennis Simmons came in. Uh, Gun- I think Gundy maybe made that late offer. I can't remember Josh how that worked, but he was one of those guys. Dahu Green and Ad Miller were the two guys that they went ahead and offered and signed or, or got commitments from right after Riley took over. Right? Yeah, that, that's what I, you you beat me to it in that last sentence. That was kind of the. Miller was one of Riley's first real moves. You know, I mean, I guess you don't know how directly Lincoln was involved with it, but I mean, it was one of the things that happened after he arrived. I think it became clear, especially because that would have been, I'm trying to remember, Riley and Simmons were hired almost simultaneously, weren't they? Well, I think he he was like, okay, I'm going to bring Simmons with me. Yeah, because I think that was one of the big things, because that was one of Simmons' first Okay, we we need to get some size outside, and they went after Ad Miller, who was, if I remember right, he was either committed to Cal or was just about to commit to Cal. Like was in with like a day or two of his announcement. Then OU got involved. He went up for a visit, and that kind of changed everything. Um, but you know, and actually was one of the first guys from Dallas Bishop Dunn that OU got in on, and now Dunn's putting out Division One guys every year, including you know Marquez Beeson that OU was in on this year. So there's, I guess you can look at it from that side if you want to as being a positive because I think it helped OU build that relationship a little bit. But that, I mean, that's that's something we'll keep an eye on. I mean, the spring game, you know what? If A.D. Miller really is making a big impact, he'll show up in the spring game. If it's if it's all talk, then he won't have any catches in the spring game. So uh, now the quarterback stuff from people I talked to that saw the scrimmage on Saturday. They felt like it was pretty clear that Kyler Murray was head and shoulders better than Austin Kendall. Now, Lincoln Riley's not going to let on to that because he was like, oh, they both have their good days. Someday Kyler's better. Some some days Austin's better. Now, I don't know if that means seven to one or, you know, six to two. Is it is it weird that I'm more in? I'm not even – I mean, I'm interested in the quarterback You just battle, take it as – but. I think I'm pretty sure I know who wins it. Yeah. Like, I think. Well, you know what? Yesterday, uh, kind of hint wise, like, 
uh, it was telling. I know where you're going. Uh, Eddie actually did something noble. He he bleeped out a, a shit that was mentioned by <laughs> Carrie Cooks because Cooks somebody asked him about what's it like going up against the offense without uh, Baker Mayfield, and he he kind of laughed. He tilted his head back. He goes, oh, "Shit!" And and uh, Eddie actually, I just I took it out. He silenced it out. Yeah, but he basically. All he did was talk about Kyler Murray and how fast he is and how hard he is to contain and how much you have to worry about him. It was all about, you know, they asked him the offense. It was all about Kyler Murray. I thought that was telling. Yeah, and, well, and it just, I mean, if he can just cut down on the interceptions, you know, taking care of the football, and Baker Mayfield did a really good job of it. Yeah. Uh, just, Something he didn't get enough if credit If Lincoln for. Riley can reel that in, I think he'll be fine. And, uh, you know, I, I'm more interested, though, and almost in a way, and I think we know who the top two running backs are, but hearing Jay Bulware talk about the running back group, uh, what kind of impact can Grant Calcaterra make taking yeah. over? Uh, Especially in the, plays down at, the middle with a quarterback that's 5'9", 5'10", yeah. or 5'. I'd say standing up to Kyler the other day, I was thinking, like, how tall? In a, in a strange way, I think he's we... He's probably 5'10", 5'10 and a half. He's a little bit bigger, I think, than people... Maybe he's 5'11". ...than they think. Yeah. But he's still not like. He, oh, he's not. He's not. When tall. you stood up next to like Sam Bradford, you were like, "God, he looks like a basketball player tall." Yeah, he's not. He's not a tall kid. I think in a way, Blake the, Bell is you know hoveringly tall, but Trevor Knight was not. No, Baker Mayfield was not. It's kind of interesting. I mean, I, somebody's brought it up on the board. Just the fact that uh, you know you look at the Drew Pine kid coming in uh, over the weekend or the last couple of days here in Norman. It, they are they kid. they're they're not looking at the six five guy like the yeah. prototypical uh you know i guess the guy that you would think that the quarterback should be or height wise but i i think if you're i think what lincoln riley cares about more than anything is accuracy right more than he cares about whether you can move like he wants you to not be just completely a tree back there yeah but i think accuracy is the thing he values the most so, yeah, I mean, the quarterback thing isn't really all that interesting. I think we all know where that's headed. I will say this. If Kyler Murray is the starting quarterback, they may go back. I mean, they're going to probably approach Switzer-era levels of explosive plays in the run game. Like, I could see them having, like, you know, 15, 20 plays of, like, 50-plus yards rushing this I'm year. I'm interested to see how that would work out just because... And, you know, I, I guess it's maybe a little bit different just because Kyler's so fast, but you don't want your quarterback just getting murdered every time he takes the ball. Like, how do they... If you're they, doing a lot of, like, option... Right. How do they How stuff. do they balance that? Because... Yeah, you know, you know you're going to play somebody like a TCU or somebody that's... The, some guy's going to... His only job is going to be to kill Kyler Murray whether he has yeah, the ball or not. Absolutely. And I think Kyler, you know, at, at times when he did get in last year, he took care of himself. And I know it was only for one play at times and stuff like that. But it will be interesting to see how they how they balance that. The running back group, though, is it should be uh, fairly exciting to see who emerges out of there. And there's been a lot, heard, a lot of Kenny Brooks talk. I've heard really good things about Trey Sermon. He's somebody that kind of gets overlooked. I know people get offended or, you know, there was some talk about people like, well, the reason he – tail off last year because they wouldn't play him he didn't he didn't play very well last at the end of last year 
I didn't think. I mean, he was trying to be too patient. Yeah. Trying to well, be Le'Veon Rodney, Bell. I think Rodney was so good Rodney at Rodney was the playing game. really well. I think maybe he lost some of his confidence. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think he, I mean, between, between Trey Sermon and Rodney Anderson, that's two of the best. They could have two of the best. They, I'm not saying they're having, so, you know, Sony Michelle and, um, What's his name? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, but... Pretty damn good, though. For the Big 12, it would be like that. There really hasn't been any development at right tackle, and I guess that's going to kind of work itself out. We really haven't been able to talk to many of those guys. I get the sense, you know, it's it's uh, Adrian Ely, probably. My guess is that they want Adrian Ely to be the guy. Yeah. Because physically, done. They, they can leave Drew Samia at right guard. But I think it's Adrian Ely, and I think they're looking at Drew Samia, Quinn Mittermeyer, and probably Swenson, maybe. Beatenbo had some pretty high praise for uh, Bobby Evans on Monday. Yeah, I saw he, that. He kind of doubled down. It was, it was kind of, I thought Josh was talking behind us, but he kind of doubled down about Which you are the Bobby biggest, Evans. You're the biggest proponent of how he got screwed in the Big 12 Awards. Uh, me or Josh. I think Josh might be leading the way, but, I mean, he, he did get screwed. Yeah, he was. He was the best player on the offensive line last year. According to Beanbow, yeah. Oh, if if people weren't so busy paying attention to Orlando, he'd have been on small American lists. Like he he was outstanding. I, I I the TCU home game when he went against the Ugbanu kid that's going to be an NFL draft pick and owned him for four quarters. Like that guy wasn't even a factor in the game. He had no relationship to what was happening. And for him to not. Just to be honorable mention, that's insane. I think it was a, well, we put a bunch of you guys on here. We got to get some, you know, Texas Tech people on here. What you know, whatever. Like that guy was the best offensive lineman in the league, in my opinion. And the other thing to me that it comes down to is not so much who is the best player, best offensive lineman between Creed Humphrey and Jonathan Alvarez. I think it's who knows that position the best, like. Alvarez is not going to be like Ben Powers. Like, he's not an overly physical road grader, you know, dominate you physically. Yeah. Uh, he's good, but he's not elite. But I think if he, if, he cannot, if he can help the offensive line not screw up as much as Creed Humphrey, I think he could win that job. But we haven't got a lot of feedback on how that's going. What would you rate Alvarez's chances at? Like, I, I, to me, it's like 10%. To win, to win the job outright? Yeah, to win the job. I might go 35. Yeah, I mean, they, I will say this. To Josh's 10%, they raved a lot about Creed Humphrey last fall and how mm-hmm. far he was able to come along as a true freshman, just learning that position. Yeah. So I don't think learning the position is going to be a problem for him. We talk about when's the last time OU's had a playmaking safety? When's the last time OU's had a – I mean, is Eric Wren – the best, most physical center that they've had since, like, Vince Carter? Sorry, gay biker. What about John Cooper when he was He was smallish, good. though. You're right. I mean, it, and it's, it's hard to evaluate his career because that ankle thing was so bad. Changed I mean, he everything. Had, he had nerve damage in his yeah. ankle. He was it a 10-year NFL guy before that happened. Yeah, it took... By the way, you know what the... And we talked about this last week, but the thought that I had, Josh about uh you know oh you not going to boulder every couple of years now is i actually kind of miss not just boulder i miss the fact that OU had colorado kids that were like all american level oh yeah kids back oh, in the day 
OU really used to recruit Colorado about as well as Colorado did. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. went in there and really got elite. Latimer was a Colorado guy. Andre Wolf. Uh, yeah. Andre uh, Wolf. Uh, Jesse White Colorado was a big guy? recruiter. Really? He didn't do anything, but. Denver Mullen, was that where? Who's that? Wolf, Wolf Oak Oak? was from? Yeah, I think that's right. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, we've got a long history with Andre Wolfolk meeting him in the uh, locker room of the Titans. <laughs> Still a little traumatized about Pre that. Pre-Eddie days there. Uh, Josh got to hang out with naked Andre Wolfolk. That was, that was super not comfortable for Character me. building. Yep, that I, was why I was like, well, I'm going to stick to college and high school for the rest of my career because that's not me. I had to interview Jason White after he stepped right out of the shower. It's kind of like when... Uh, what Uncle Frank told Kevin McAllister, you come in the shower, you might grow up not feeling like a man. <laughs> I am I mean, I'm so glad. Like Eddie, you remember the uh the Orange Bowl when it was open locker? Yeah. And it was terrible for one, but I am I'm I'm never gonna be comfortable in that situation. <laughs> we we do not have a very good track record of going into uh when the locker room is open. It's usually after a loss. Yeah. Like the Final Four was after a loss. Uh, both semifinals have been after losses. I remember in 08 uh, going into that locker room. And the problem is you get guys that are comfortable being naked in a locker room. And that's, you're not, nowhere else in society is that allowed. So it's impossible to become comfortable with it. Like when Gerald McCoy is over there just talking casually to people without any clothes on. You're like, I'm not okay in this environment. That, I don't know, maybe I'm being judgmental. I I feel, I don't even want to say it. There, there's something odd. Now, if, if you're gay, perfectly fine. No, no judgment there. But if you're a straight guy, there is something weird about you being comfortable in the midst of lots of large naked men. Yes. Who are- there's something weird about that. And, and the, I don't know what the, it is. I can't explain it. It's and the just ones, the me. ones who are exhibitionists about it, stupid rivals autoplay ad. Thank you, rivals. I was like, what is that? Just a little, just a little uh, music for our locker room talk. My God, I've got to close my browser. Um, With topic concerned, it almost sounds kind of like porn. It so. really did. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> but no, the, the, that's the problem. The people that are really comfortable just walking around naked in locker rooms are usually the people that have a reason to be, which means yeah. they they are putting you to shame. And It's like their pride. Yes. It's their calling card. Because, I mean, I there are a lot of sports. Like football, you take showers after, so you get used to that. Wrestling, there's a lot of naked in wrestling. Like, and you always have that one guy on the team that, you know, his nickname is Horse or Tripod or whatever. So you've always, it was never me. But you, I, we, I always had, you always had one of those guys on your team. We never, I never uh, grew up in the shower setting. Like, we never had showers at, at in high City school. North? No. Hmm. Maybe I mean, they've done I mean, away I with I guess that. we had showers, but nobody ever took them, I don't think. Even on I the football team? Like, yeah, no, would everybody would just go home. I guess I can see I, that. I think that is something that died off a little bit because we didn't do it much either. Um, the thing I will say where the the nudity, like where you can tell where it was in its heyday, was <laughs> the guys who now are sixty years old, sixty years old, and at the gym. Oh yes, and they're 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 
They're air drying. Very confident. What the yeah. hell is that? Very confident. Like, dude, you don't need to stretch out your quads naked. while you're butt yeah. naked in the locker room. I'm super uncomfortable right now. Plus, your balls are hanging lower than any should be hanging. You're Seriously, old. like you, you need you need a you have like, jock strap just to keep those things up. You have like three. Ron, you gotta put some like, clothes on. You're making me uncomfortable. You got like three gray hairs down there now. It's just it's oh, disgusting. God. Oh yeah, I don't like I, that I just, part. I don't about like. I get it. Like you take a shower at the gym because you got to go back to work, or you know you got something else to get to. That's fine. Like I understand that a lot of people because I go kind of in the middle of the day, and I understand that's that's when it's tricky because people have other things to get on to. But I never understand this. Like, well, I'm just gonna hang out and let it all dry out, dude. You're not. You're not Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. Like, if anybody in here wanted to see you naked, they'd let you know. Just. <laughs> Cover that up. That's and, and the thing is, it happens everywhere. Like, I've never been to a gym where that doesn't happen. It always happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's universal. And I, it's always the old guys. Yep. I can't give much uh, comment on this. It's been a while since I've been to a gym. Well, me too. Yeah, Eddie, that, that workout there. you were hitting there for a while, that didn't last long. No, it didn't. That, you know, you know what it was? Style, Eddie. That's you okay. know what it was? It was, it was, it was uh, Natty's for Patty. I started watching softball at night, and I couldn't. The uh, trip to oh St. Louis. God. The trip to St. Louis really ruined my uh, my workout regimen. Welcome to life. <laughs> Have to get back on it, I guess. We Eddie, we uh, need to we need to get on it, and I'll do it with you because uh, we need batting cage round two someday. We need to get. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need. I will be your swing coach. I'll I'll help you because your it's swing first, is terrible. No, it was just the first time I had swung a baseball bat in seventeen years. Well, there are some things that you did just watching back the video that were very easily. Correct. No, there are some things like just watching it. I know that I could have done better. For some reason, you step completely out to the side. Yeah, that was not good. Your whole front side just—it was not good. Looked terrible. I I completely agree. But they haven't they haven't lost since uh, since then. So I not, don't even not really bad for stepping on the sacred ground. It was. So <laughs> It was so bad, I, or I don't feel really bad. Yeah, it was so bad that I didn't even feel bad for not putting up the second part where you actually hit a few. I mean, I did make contact. In that one, yeah. It's not bad. Hey, the the missing the bunt told me that you were in trouble. Yeah, that was not good. When you squared not around not a good couldn't look. even tap it down. Not a good look. I'm going back over there today. Won't be getting in the cage, but going yeah, back I wouldn't over recommend there. that. Well, maybe if they win like 10 in a row, maybe we'll do it again. If they win 10 in a row, they probably need to build a shrine of me over there. <laughs> An Eddie statue? Oh, how I would love to watch that meltdown for a few people. We should do Eddie. Maybe we should, we should work on Eddie bobblehead night. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I'm still waiting for that to happen over at Marita Hines. <laughs> Sponsored by Natty Light. Probably work. They need to start selling some beer. I know. By the way, the OSU's uh, new baseball stadium. Looks wow. awesome. Wow. I Very think cool. that needs to probably spur a little action uh, I, out there for OU baseball. I would imagine a little jealousy. It, it has. There's got to be some has. jealousy, though, because that thing is amazing. It looks great. Was it $75 million? Is that what they're doing? I think into the it? total, it's going to be $60 million, but the total package is like $70 million because they had to spend $10 million to get the land. Yeah. Okay. They had to, like, divvy it up. They couldn't just, 
outlast the old folks, let them die. They had to pay them off. When's the when's the last time OU did a major baseball overhaul? Like it's been. A, I mean, I know they've done some little things here and there, but it's I mean, been, I mean, the big what, screen in the backdrop. No, the, I mean, the big screen in the backdrop was just a few years. They ago. haven't. They haven't done anything like a major major overhaul. It's been a steady progression of okay. we'll do something here, we'll do something there. They made some more, more like a concourse areas. Yeah, they put an elevator in there. They got an elevator now, and then press like the box the expanded ins- a little the, bit. Pr- the uh, locker room is new. Yeah, that's all brand new. Yeah, uh, okay. the the batting facility is brand new. Uh, the side the but they still it's a weird facility because like the coaches and the players are on separate sides and they're going to the plan is that they're going to double deck it now. No, the, the, office the coaches' part. offices are on the same side. But they're going to double deck it now, so everybody can kind of be more together, I guess. I mean, it, it is all together. I don't know what you Maybe mean. they're talking about training staff or something, or there's something apart. Because all the offices from them. are just right off the locker room. Okay. Uh, I mean, and they they just got a they they announced the major uh, grant. Or not Grant, but uh, the ten million, ten million from uh, Stevenson. I think it's Bob Stevenson, maybe. So they, I mean, they still need to make some more. I think it was thirty or something. Was it maybe it was twenty and the softball was thirty? I can't remember. I need to bump that up. Well, keep winning, and it, it's funny Skip how Johnson's if you win, dude. if you win, the money starts showing up. So I, I think that that will uh, take. Care I of would itself. think that Skip Johnson. Uh, represents himself really well to players of the past and alumni, and he's a really good dude. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, Skip is tremendous. Um, all and right, you can tell that the players absolutely love him. Yeah, yeah. The former players don't love you on their field, though. That's the most important thing. Oh, I'm not a legend. So. Your legend, former sacred players. ground. It yeah. doesn't have any dirt on it. Uh, okay. So recruiting weekend starting to shape up, and Josh, we have. Uh, I know Bob and you, and well, we were all talking about it on the uh, on our war room, our warm room. Um, it's it's a uh, you know bleep or get off the pot weekend for a lot of recruits because A and M and OU are starting to separate some people in terms of where they're going to go, and guys like Eric Young that they're both working are making their decisions on where they're going to be. Theo Wees is another guy that he has made a decision where he's going to be because you've got opposing uh, big recruiting weekends. I guess their spring game, right? Yeah, it's the same scenario. I mean, people are picking A&M's, you know, game on or Oklahoma's. And, you know, as clear, clear as we are about thinking this is a big weekend for Theo Wees, um, R.J. Henderson, and some other guys – it's similarly big for A&M to be hosting Eric Young, uh, the the potential five-star corner from the Houston area uh, that we've talked to several times. And Young told us about this. We saw him a few weeks ago at the Houston Rivals camp because his plan initially had been to be at OU's, and then he switched that and is going to go to A&M. So I, I think that says something. Now, like we've talked about a lot, I think Oklahoma at cornerback, kind of however it plays out, OU's going to be fine. I mean, they're, they're, you know, it, to that point, Chris Steele, a, a already five-star corner from St. John Bosco, will be on its official visit uh, for the spring game, as well as Jaden Davis, the uh, four, uh, Rivals 250 corner from St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida. So it's not just a deal where, you know, in years past, and I, this is obviously 
largely helped by official visits being available. But this isn't going to be a regional event where it's a bunch of Oklahoma and Texas and a few Kansas kids and that kind of stuff. There are kids from coast to coast who will be at this event. You know, we talked last week about Caden Wallace, the offensive lineman from New Jersey, that's going to be there for that, uh, for his official visit. So there are a ton of guys. This is going to be an unbelievable visitor list. I'm very interested to see how heavy it is on unofficial visitors because the coaches are going to be so busy with these really elite official guys. Do you want to run the risk of having, you know, I don't know, Marcus Major come in for an unofficial visit and really not get much time because OU's got to shower, you know, the, the guys that this may be their only chance to see them. They've got to make sure those guys feel the love. Do you want to risk kind of running a, a bad relationship with Major because of that? Or, you know, and Major's just an example. But, but if he that, says he wants to come, you got to let him come. Oh, of course, of course. And I think you just have to be honest when you get there. Like, Marcus, we love you. You want to come back on Monday. We will, you know, you'll get, you'll, you can hang out in Lincoln's office for three hours if that's what you want to do. Like, we will make you a priority. This is our only chance to get to see Chris Steele. This is our only chance to get to see Jaden Davis. We may not get these guys back on campus, you know, ever again if we don't have a good visit this weekend. So, I, and I, I, he strikes me as the kind of kid that would understand that. And I think most kids would. They understand that I can drive down here anytime I want to. These guys, this is their one shot at it. So I, I, I think that's just something you have to be upfront about, you know, and that's, that's probably going to be how they gauge that. I would expect that Oklahoma probably will have somewhere between 30 and 40 official visitors. I would, excuse me, unofficial visitors. I'm going to guess that most of those guys are going to be offer guys or, guys that they just want to have on campus before they offer them. I, there's got to be some reason for to have those guys there because you don't want just every straggler that you kind of like or kind of interested in trying to get, you know, Kerry Cook's attention while he's trying to recruit Chris Steele, you know, one of the top five corners in the country, uh, to, can I guess to add him to his roster of current corners. Uh, am, I, did I, am I seeing things or did I see in, – in- Maybe I did see it, and it's not a big deal, but did did I see R.J. Henderson kind of uh, hinting that a commitment was coming soon? You did see that. He was replying. It was. It's kind of funny how this connects. Uh, Grant Tisdale, uh, Theo Weiss's quarterback at Allen, tweeted something about committing soon, and I want to say R.J. Resp- you know, quote tweeted it with something like, me too, or yeah, same thing, or something like that, clearly making it, uh, an indication that something's happening there. We've been hinting at that for a few months. Like I, I I'm not going to tell you it's happening next weekend during the spring game, but I've heard that's at least a good possibility. So we'll, we'll, we'll watch that real closely. We really need a dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I, and, I mean, that's somewhere. like, think about that guys, just on what we already have confirmed. We have Chris Steele, five-star Theo Weiss, five-star RJ Henderson, five-star. That's three five stars on your official visit list. That doesn't happen often, much less, you know, what nine months before the or eight months before the earliest possible signing period. I mean, that's that's crazy. This is a really interesting weekend to see how this is going to play out, and obviously, that will be my focus of next week. Like, I mean, and really starting, you know, probably in tomorrow's scoop, we'll have a lot of talk on that. But the next eight days, it's just going to be about this visit weekend because there is. So, so much happening to follow. And, you know, I guess trying to follow. 
Uh, yeah, and, I mean, what, like like you said, that'll be the folks of the week, and and, and Bob will be on it. Bob's got a thread started right now uh, that uh, was updated just at noon, uh, 30 minutes ago. I know we're not live, but um, listing all the guys, Stogner and Henderson and Weiss and uh, the Thomas Aquinas kids and the Chris Steele kid that you mentioned. So that list will add to... Uh, we'll also confirm unofficials as it comes. So that's one of the reasons this is the best time of year to be subscribed to Sooner Scoop is uh, be able to have access to the Crimson Corner, have minute-to-minute updates on uh, when kids are coming in, when we confirmed them, uh, all that stuff. So uh, you'll have a pretty good list uh, when you head to the game knowing, okay, these are the you know, 10, 14, 15 kids that if I see them, I need to give them a $100 handshake. Well, exactly. I mean, Lincoln Riley can talk about the attendance all he wants, but and of course he can never say this part. But there is no question that he loves it when the fans are like, "Oh, there's Theo Weiss, man! I want to get a picture with him. Oh, he's the man!" You know, blah blah blah. Because those kids love that crap. So th- there's they do love there that is. Stuff. It's not just about they the love 80, being 000. recognized. It's about yeah, when they're on a knowing who is there. I guess if you're a kid, that's pretty. That is pretty flattering to know that someone from another state knows who you are. Guys, I hadn't thought of it this way, but I, it just occurred to me. Lincoln Riley wants all of our listeners to be Sooner Scoop subscribers. Can't confirm. He wants people to know who's going to be there. He wants you to know that Theo is going to be there and who, what he looks like and more about him. To watch our interviews, to see our Scoop HD, and to know who Theo is. That, that's he what Lincoln Riley wants. So go ahead and sign up, month, people. Yeah. He does. I agree. Uh Okay, so how many, I mean, is there a guy out there that OU is working feverishly or some guys out there that they're working feverishly to try and still land an official visit from? Oh, you know, of course. I I think one of the ones that's going to be really interesting, and he's a guy that I bring up fairly regularly, but I don't think gets a lot of play amongst OU fans, and that's DeMarvin Leal from uh, Converse Judson in the San Antonio area. This is a guy that OU loves. I mean, really is wanted, was one of his earliest offers. They've pushed hard for him. They've done everything they can do. And I have been told, as of about two weeks ago, that he was going to make it up to Oklahoma. Now, I don't know if it was going to be for an official or an unofficial, but he was going to be there for the spring game. Now, again, with this whole A&M thing happening, and he's got some connection to A&M, there, there's some question of whether that's actually going to happen. But that's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. One of the interesting stories was Marcus Stripling, who told me when I saw him in Houston a few weeks ago that he was going to take his official this weekend. Well, that's changed. He's going to now push that back into the season. So will he make it up for an unofficial? I don't think so. That's not what he's led me to believe. But there's no question that's something OU would be pushing for. So, you know, and those, obviously, that's a couple of huge defensive linemen right there, some of OU's top targets at that position. So you kind of got to watch those guys. Um some others, I mean, obviously, you know, Spencer Rattler won't be able to make it, and I, that's that's always a tough deal because you'd love your quarterback to be there kind of hosting yeah, and, that's and your, running that's everything. that's your 2019 quarterback commitment who is pushing for a five-star, a fifth-star yep. with just about everybody. Could Absolutely. Be, could you end know, up and being, and he's got an Elite 11 invite already, right? Yeah, he does. I mean, that, Rattler, like, I've said it before, I mean, and I know the last time I spoke this highly of a quarterback, it was a guy named, you know, Cody Thomas, and... He proved me nothing but right, right on the baseball field. But um, no Max Brown, I mean, yeah. Oh, but but you know, Rattler is a 
it's it's just a one of those guys that you know you always say like well there's never going to be another Baker Mayfield and I'm not saying he's Baker Mayfield I'm just saying there are some similarities in their game and their ability to make things happen that shouldn't be possible and he's got that in his game Bubba Moses (laughs) there was only one Bubba Moses have we ever taken a vote on which was the worst of there's only one I mean it has to be Bubba right yeah. Or best. It's just a, you know, but you know what the setup was on that? I think. I think it was. I don't know if you remember the shot. Was that not the game when they brought Jermaine Gresham in? I believe it was. Uh, and, and so they and wanted Bubba to make had it like out. six catches that day. They were like, they were like, okay, we're going to make this look like we're really, you know, invested in our tight ends. <laughs> and hell, it worked. Got you an All-American. You- you wonder if it was double-sided. Like, one was, yeah, we're committed to giving the ball to the tight end. The other side is, this is the best we have at tight end. This is what we have. <laughs> and I don't mean to bag on Bubba Moses, but Bubba Moses was not Jermaine Gresham. So, then they, I think they felt bad that they had to do one for there's only one Joe John Finley, maybe. I don't know if they ever yeah. even did a there's only one Joe John Finley. The, I'm trying to think. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting we're having this conversation because OU – uh, last weekend hosted the the five star running back from North Shore, and I'm trying to remember, Bubba Moses might be the last guy that OU signed from North Shore. You know, 15 yeah. years ago. Is it uh, Jonathan Jackson from North Shore? He was. He was. I'm trying to remember if they were the same class. I want to say Bubba was a year or two behind, but they might have been the same class. Yeah, that's not a lot of North Shore kids that end up at OU. Yeah, also the home of Bobby Reed, of famous Mike Gundy uh, Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Let them, prior to a couple years ago, their last uh, last state championship was Bobby Reed. Uh, Okay, so still a lot to to be learned about who's going to show up, who's going to commit, who's going to... One thing that we should talk about, and this is something... I want to give you guys all credit for, because I think you prepared the world for this before it happened, but I was actually headed to practice yesterday when it broke. Eddie was too, but Isaiah Spiller decommitting from Oklahoma. Uh, you just felt like even before you know the, the real whispers were coming out, the stuff with his dad and on Twitter and stuff, his dad's very active on Twitter, uh, his connection to Texas A&M, you wondered, like, you know, OU out there with so many running backs uh but but josh you had kind of been hinting at it you and bob and, and eddie everybody been kind of hinting at it that this this could be a possibility you know when we did that interview and we talked about this on last week's pod when you when he had to talk about what was going on between AM and ou and how he was kind of wording things and just more than how he was wording things how nervous he seemed to get when he started talking about his commitment to oklahoma and where he was with AM and his relationship with that staff. And and he said something, and I, I mentioned it last week, but it's, still, it's worth repeating. He talked about, oh, yeah, you know, they were really hard on me even before Coach Fisher got there. Like, uh, A&M was really recruiting me hard before that. And his dad literally tweeted out, I think the day he committed to Oklahoma, something about, the you know, you, you – you can't just expect things. You have to maintain relationships. Basically, that someone in staff were not really recruiting Isaiah that hard. 
Yeah. And I don't know if that was born of they didn't like him that much or if they just thought, oh, he's a legacy, we're going to get him. You know, I don't know what it was. But it, I, the way, you know, Isaiah said it, I was like, that doesn't really mix with what dad has been saying. And so I, I think that was interesting. I think it's clear A&M was put on a full court press. Obviously, dad played there. Obviously, it means a lot to him in that way. And I, I, I felt like we did that interview. And I, I've said it on the board since then. I thought it was a matter of time till he switched to a and I'm a little surprised we're even going through this step of the, well, I'm going to decommit and look around. I I would say 85% he ends up at a and You thought he would just make the switch to a and I thought he would just flip to a and and it was over. And and that and like I said, and to OU's credit, I think they saw – I mean, that's why they've still been after Marcus Major. They, uh, you know, they're in Devin Ford's top six, one of the top – you know, actually, I think our number one running back in the country right now. Um uh, Trey, uh, Trey Sanders, Noah Kane, who we interviewed a couple weeks ago. You know, there, there's all these guys that Oklahoma is still in very good shape with. And if there's any position that you look at over the last decade and say, yeah, OU is going to be fine, it's running back. I mean, they just keep churning out one great running back after another, and it's because they've recruited so well. Yeah. What's our update? What's our uh, Tiger update, Eddie? Not going well. Yeah, I can tell. You're, you're, pretty much checked out of the pot at this point i'm just letting you guys do the recruiting thing <laughs> i i heard he's third in his own group eddie is that is that true well yeah he's playing with the guy that's leading the tournament right now okay hey 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 easy, easy. watch it <laughs> no he he just went way right on 11 too yeah he's, oh i see him he's I in the the, oh he's walking through the woods that's yeah. never good he's in the pine needles mickelson just Look. canned a 46 footer on one though so oh. he birdied the first hole of the day so would that put you in a better mood if Mickelson gets way up there? No, I mean, I'd, that'd be awesome. But yeah, our, hey. uh, I mean, it's going to, uh, look, this is has the potential to be the greatest golf weekend in the history of the sport with with the way people are playing coming into this thing. Yeah, they've been, there's a lot of guys playing well. You should I mean, even, if you have, if you have a, you have a Tiger, Mickelson, Spieth, uh, I guess you're going to throw Thomas in there. Justin Thomas, Rory, Jordan, Jordan Spieth. I mean, even a Justin Rose up there nipping Justin at people's Rose, yeah, heels. Thirteen, uh, I think thirteen top tens in his last sixteen starts. So, I picked the rat as my dark horse today, just for you. He is not doing well. <laughs> he's like four over. Is he really? Yeah. Maybe he's not doing well. Maybe at all. he's he needs a smoke. He uh, he, I'm get one. sure he is vaping all over the course right now. You Eddie, think the Dustin Masters Johnson's will let him currently vape? on golf oh, yeah. TV. Tell me, what would you rather watch, Paulina Gretzky or Tiger? Tiger. Okay, well, that's that's bold. I'm a little surprised. He can see her on the internet anytime he wants. That's fair. Tiger's playing live golf right She's now. She's damaged goods. She's just... Um, she's well-worn. He's not in the pine needles. Yeah, he's, Oh, get he low! That so, camera guy just got... He hit it so far right that he's... Uh, they're having to move cameras. Yeah, he's not good. Not good situation, but... I can only imagine what Eddie would have done if a woman came at him like that woman just came at the cameraman. I said, listen here, bitch. You're a marshal. <laughs> Don't talk to me like that. Oh, God. You can Ooh. never call a woman a bitch if you're working for us, by the way. I just want to put that disclaimer out there. Actually, I probably wouldn't have said anything. I don't want to get my badge taken away. Yep, you would have had your badge taken away. She would have reported you. Eddie just gets letters from little old ladies sent to me. That, that hasn't happened in a crazy. while. And it was at Iowa State. Yeah. 
Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, now Tiger's having to move people. Or does he want him to take down the, ro- what the he's ropes? Trying to do. Oh, he's probably, yeah, he's probably trying to get that rope out of the way. We're just creating shots here. No big deal. Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, Masters this weekend. Eddie is. How about uh, how about Kyler Murray's next couple weekends? And it just dawned on me Texas that he's going to have to do up. this. Well, they play TCU Friday night. He's going to fly back Saturday morning to scrimmage. Really? Fly back down to play in the game Saturday afternoon in Fort Worth. Then wow. they wrap up play Sunday. Next week they have Texas Friday night in Norman. Spring game Saturday morning. 8 o'clock uh, p.m. start Saturday night at Eldell Mitchell and then uh, wrap it up with uh, wrap the three-game series up on Sunday. That's interesting that Riley makes him fly back for the scrimmage and just doesn't let him have it off. I'm sure he wants to be there, and they have a plane ready to available. I mean, they did it last year. Yeah, uh, he flew Texas back game. for the Texas game. So, yeah. But that was for the red and white game, though, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it wasn't just a regular scrimmage. So that will be interesting. I'm about to bounce over there to do a baseball talk to him before they leave to go to Fort Worth. So we'll be interesting. Is he easier to talk to at baseball than? Yeah, he's pretty. Football? He's pretty relaxed at baseball. It probably also helps yesterday, that probably yeah. helps that he's doing really well too over there. Or Monday, it seemed like he wasn't really interested in talking to the media. No, he didn't. He didn't really have much to say on Monday. That was kind of he. He was very. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I think it's when it, there's a lot of people because there's usually not a lot of people at over baseball, at baseball. Yeah, and he's he's really relaxed. Got his guard up. People trying to get the. I'm better than Austin. I'm killing Austin Kendall quote. Yeah. I don't know why Austin comes out here every day. I just I'm dominating. He needs to go back to North Carolina. That's what he should say. <laughs> Is anyone a little surprised that Dad out. hasn't spoken to somebody yet? I actually tried to contact his dad. Uh-huh. Uh re not re I mean, you know, with it last year at some point during the season. Yeah. And his uh quote to me was I've learned that dads are better better unseen than seen. Okay. So yeah, something I think something uh some I don't know if somebody I'm not saying somebody got to him, but he had a primi- he had a revelation at some point. Like he needs to stop. He's making his son's life worse by talking. You know, I had heard that, and I think we even talked about it on the pod way back when. As I had talked to a few sources when that happened, and I had heard, okay, OU's ain't looking at one of the A and M transfers, and I said at the time I thought it was Kyle Allen, and so I checked with a couple of sources. And they're like, no, no, it, it's Kyler, and I and I, my reaction was, you've got to be crazy. You're you're going to bring all that into the you know what seems to be a good locker room right now. And, and I, there yeah. was a definite we read in the riot riot act kind of thing. Well, and I'm sure a lot of it with his dad was just because it was a And M and that was his school, and yeah. that you know he probably had plenty of people uh, that knew him that he was comfortable saying things to, and then it ended up just going bad. But yeah. I I do remember there was always Eddie. You could talk to this. I mean, there was always this feeling of like, oh, you was kind of walking on eggshells about Kyler. When he first got here. And now I think everybody's gotten more comfortable with each other. Yeah. Everybody knows where, you know, they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do and what they're supposed to say. And I feel like they're now they're comfortable with each other. It's not nobody's worried about saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. Yeah, and I think he's kind of been in that 
He was in the spotlight, then he was out of it, and now he's just kind of re-entering. So I guess we'll see how it goes when he's full. And maybe that's what made baseball so awkward last year for him is because he didn't really know, did, did OU want him doing this? Were they okay with him doing this? Uh, and now I think he, you know, I'm sure he feels more comfortable about it now. I mean, it's not ideal. If you're the head football coach and you have a starting quarterback, it's not ideal that he is playing late night on a Friday night and then waking up and going to a 9 o'clock scrimmage the next day. Yeah, and, you know, I, in a way, I mean, it's not like he hasn't been doing it his whole entire life playing competitively yeah. in two sports year round. I it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like the whole specialization thing. It's just like with Sam. I mean, Sam's the best example of that. He played basketball in the summer, but that's really the only extra sport, you know, he would play. Right. But he was football, basketball and golf, right? Yeah. He played baseball growing up, but a little bit different. Do you think Sam in this day and age would he be a seven on seven guy? Would he do that in the summers? I think nowadays, if you really want to progress, you kind of have to. You kind of have to. Put I don't up think with you do. I don't think you do. Yeah, but I mean, who doesn't? Did who? Sam even know he wanted to play football instead of basketball until he was like a junior, though? I really don't know. I mean, what what guys out there right now are, aren't playing seven on seven during the summer? I should say it's, it's especially at quarterback carry where it's so. Yeah, I, I know. mean, you're just missing chances to throw hundreds and hundreds of times during the summer. To your own receivers. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's just a continuity thing. That's what I don't get about the 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 teams they're putting together, the super teams. Like, what does how does that help you? You want to you want to go out there and do it with your own receivers that you're going to play with in your high school season to make your team better. It's yep. a it's a dick measuring contest between seven on seven coaches. Yep. That's exactly yeah. what it is. We've got we've got more elite guys than you've got, and then the which is well, look stupid at all the talent because it, nobody's going to give a shit about a seven on seven championship in twenty years. You would think, but you know what? People are always you're going to have a a sign. Until the day you die, when you go back to your hometown saying state championship, you know, 2017 or 18 or whatever. You would think, but, you know, the way that some people cover it, it seems like seven on seven is more important than what happens from August yeah, to Yeah, because everybody's pandering. December. Because, I mean, the, the seven on seven coaches become sources. Yeah. No, it's And they get true. involved in their recruitment. And, the, and then the media guys, the reporters... Or going, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that happens. It happens no, with trainers. Happens with seven on seven guys. That's why, like I, I've been saying it for years, Josh. I know you've been saying it for years. At some point, the NCAA has to get involved, or this is going to turn into what college basketball is going through right FBI now. FBI stuff. I mean, we could spend hours talking on that subject. Oh, guys, we talk about. I come back to the same thing every time. The AAU is seen as an evil entity, and largely, I think it's fair. I think it's been backed up by this whole investigation. But then you turn around, and they'll say, well, you know, and then you'll talk to these 7-on-7 guys, and that's what they're modeling after. Like, they're not even trying to hide it. Like, they know this is, you know, this is the model that we want to use. Well, if the model is corrupt, then what do you think the, you know, the copycat's going to become? I mean, you've already got all these teams, you know, like the 
one of the ones in Houston's a big Adidas team now. It's just, which is just like what they talk about with AAU. I've never had to concern myself with what you know, like uniform that John Marshall wears or what uniform Millwood wears, because it doesn't matter. They're going to go to whatever school they want to, not what big shoe company is paying their seven on seven coach the most. Yep, it's startling. I would say is the best way to put it. And I don't want to say like every seven on seven guy's bad. I'm sure they're, they're I, not. I'm sure. I know there's good guys out there because we've had we've had the conversations in years past about trainers, and we all know JD. JD's a great guy that wants to do good by his kids. Like, but JD will literally sit there and talk with people like you need to have a relationship with your coach. He needs to be your primary point of contact. Yeah, yeah. These guys are like, no, no, we're we're going to be the guy. Just ignore the head high school head coach. Well, what okay. happens is what happens is you get in these situations where. And I'm not ripping anybody. I don't even know. But I, I mean, I would assume like Gary Rose uh, at Carl Albert before he retired. I don't. He didn't have a reputation as a guy that was exactly helpful with media uh, promotion of his players, things like that. So if you get, if you have a coach like that, an old school guy, and he and you, your parents don't feel like he's helping you to get offers or promoting you to schools or even to the paper. Then what are they going to do? They're going to they're going to go to the seven on seven coach who seems to be doing that. And even though he really doesn't have anything to do with you getting offers, you have to do with getting offers. He's also getting your name on websites and talking to the media and and showing an interest in your son uh, and showing an interest in promoting your son. I think that's where the problem happens. I think there's some truth in that, and I think part of that is probably on us a little bit of, of people like. I get contacted from a dad, and I won't lie. If I hear from a dad, I am more inc- I, I'm less inclined to take that that advice seriously. Like, oh, you should look at this kid; he's really good. Yeah. Well, of course you're gonna say that. It's your kid. Like, and it, it's and we and to be fair, we do get inundated with. Oh, sure. The most common thing is why? How do I get my kid on rivals? Mm-hmm. And the first question you ask is who is offered. Well, nobody yet. Like, it's like. Okay, he's five foot eight. He's one hundred and forty pounds, and he's a linebacker. Like, no, I mean he's he's not going to get offered by anybody most likely, and he's not going to be in our database. So, like, I mean, that's our like when you talk about parents, the eighty percent. Well, not I'd say ninety five percent of the interactions we have with parents are parents who want their kids on rivals. And have unrealistic expectations or don't understand that that's not who gets on rivals. Oh, your kid's white? Yeah. No, we're, not, no. we're, not, we're not interested. <laughs> My God. Hey, I'll, I'll be, if you come to me with a white running back, he better be special. I mean, dude better be something. Like, it, like I, Rex you Burkhead. Can say whatever he better you be want. Rex Burkhead. Just- <laughs> better be Danny Woodhead. He better be, uh, who was the Missouri running back that was white in the last one they had? It was a while ago. Where at? Missouri. Oh. Jeez, I, I have need no to idea. Ask, well, I, I need to text I Gabe. I don't remember him at all. Gabe De- You don't remember Missouri's white running back? Uh-uh. Not the wide receiver, TJ Moe, right? No. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i lost on that one. It was like Oliva, Brock Olivo. Oh, Brock Olivo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that I knew he was white. I thought he was white. I always thought he was white. I, I could be wrong. I, I'm not oh, certain, God. but I, I, 
That's why I probably couldn't get there. Let me, I think there's to, probably a better chance he's logic. Let me. We were, <laughs> we were trying to figure that out. Was that us that was trying yeah, to figure last that show. out? Okay. Yeah, he's he's definitely a white guy. I looked up a picture. Definitely. No, white no, guy. he has a. We've determined he has like a black dad and a white mom. Yeah, logic. Right? Oh yeah. no, no, I'm talking about Olivo. I'm talking about Olivo. Oh, yeah, Olivo's a white guy, right? Definitely white guy. Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought I was crazy. Like everything I'd known was wrong. Uh, no, he was a good player too. I mean, but that's, and that's the problem. Like everybody's like, well, you see Danny Woodhead and Rex Burkhead. Yeah. And I also see hundreds and hundreds of other guys that were, were not ready to play at that level. I mean, I see, yeah, I mean, you know, Brian. Oh, Owen. trust me. When I watched Rex Burkhead at Nebraska, I was like, oh, poor Nebraska. That's the best they can do. But, oh guess, yeah. But guess where Danny Woodhead and Rex Burkhead found a home? White guy central, New England Patriots. Uh, hmm. Although it was Woodhead, I'm still, I'm still staggered that Christian McCaffrey's not a Patriot. I don't know how that happened. That that has to be the NFL screwed something. He's up. He's too good of a white guy to be a Patriot. Probably true. Plus his dad, he's too fast. His like, dad, he, they're like his talent's clear and obvious. Jordy Nelson's 100 percent white, isn't he? I believe that's right. He, I think Jordy Nelson is the best white athlete. Ever in modern day times. Wow, really? I mean, skill position. No, no, I, I yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't seen a white cornerback in a long time, college or pro, have we? At a major school? Not. I don't think it's Jason Seahorn. He was I, so Italian. I, honestly, I don't know hey, if you fun, can call him white. Funny enough, um, there was a kid. Uh, he was Garrett Wilson's teammate. And he was at the Houston Rivals camp. Literally called him Seahorn all day because he was a white corner, and he was actually pretty darn good. Like he, I, he was a guy that wouldn't shot me if he got some offers. He was a Lake I think Travis actually, kid. I think he's actually got some already. He was a Lake Travis kid. Yeah, he was a Lake Travis kid. <laughs> redheaded and everything. I mean, this dude was. Ooh, was I like white the redhead. I like the mm-hmm. possibility of a redhead. Yeah, as a corner at a major college, that will That's... never happen. Do you have a thing against gingers? Well, they don't have souls. Yeah, I think we've had this discussion before. Gabe DeArmond mm-hmm. is not answering me. He must be at a swim meet or something. All right, man, I haven't even paid attention to how long we've been going. Uh, we're just wow. we're just going. I just looked. That that's a, that's a run. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to hit on recruiting wise, Josh? Before we get out no, of here? I think we covered all the highlights. Well, obviously, next week will be heavy on it, but th- that's... We might have to uh, see if Bob wants to join us next week. We might have to have him. I haven't asked him in a while. I hope he's not, like, mad. That I well, he mentioned him something. <laughs> oh, he mentions it to me all the time. <laughs> he's got his podcast going thing. So, Anyway. All right, uh, Eddie is checked out, but uh, I appreciate him being here for Absolutely. as long as he could. What are you going to do now? Are you rushing home? Or you no, gonna I'm going to go to baseball. If they, are you going to call ahead to make sure the Masters is on in the press box? No, it, the Masters is over. <laughs> what is Tiger at now? <laughs> Two over, and he just hit it in the water on 12. Oh, my God. It's over. He didn't even get to 13 before he hit it in the water? Well, 12 is the par 3 with water, so. Oh, my God. Wow, look at Luke. So bitchy. <laughs> Not good. You know, are you more mad because it's Tiger or because Traber's probably going to be gloating? 
I only worry about relevant people. So Tiger. <laughs> if I wanted to talk about bad parenting, we could have another oh, show. Oh my god. He's a <laughs> bitch. We all know that. And if he ever wants to fight, I will punch him in the face. He knows that too. Why did I bring him up? He's a oh. loser, Carrie. We know that. No, he's not. Okay, we could pull the entire state. I guarantee you, there'd be more he's okay. a bitch than he's not a bitch. We all know that. I mean, maybe the most irrelevant person in the state when it comes to sports media. You hate a lot of people. Are you sure Blevins isn't above him? I would go on dates with Blevins before even, <laughs> even, I mean, yeah, we'll stop there. I don't want to get you in trouble. <sighs> you may have already done that. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I get in trouble. I can, I can handle anything. It's just dealing with the hay. Like Eddie is not like I have reached the age. It's, Josh, it's where just surprising just that he is shut still up for employed. a minute. Just shut up for a minute. <laughs> Josh, you know this. I have reached the age where it's not worth my time to have a strong enough opinion about another person that is going to irritate me by contacting me. Like, I care less about ripping someone. I care more about just being left alone than I do ripping someone that I that can actually reach out and talk to me. And Eddie just hasn't gotten to that point yet. He's willing to put up with the headache of the fallout. And I'm pretty yeah. sure Jim Traber has your number. He can call me anytime, brother. I don't got a or fence around me. Or he'll text me and ask for your number, which has happened before. And he can call which me. Which I thought you can, guys were he can fine. Call me again. I thought you were fine, but you continued to just take the shots. He's a bitch. Because of the tiger thing, mainly. Mainly that, but I mean everything. He just can't take a joke. Okay, mainly he can't is. be. He can't joke around. He can't be the butt of a joke. And that's why he's irrelevant. Uh, I think I think he can. I've I spent some time with him on the radio recently and I, I ribbed him pretty hard. He had to handle it well. So oh. anyway, Tiger's in the drop zone. We need to end the podcast. Because I've got a lot of I've got a lot of F bombs to delete out in this podcast. I started it, Eddie finished it. So there you go. All right, uh, we end with a giant thud, and that's going to do it. We'll be back next week. We may try and uh, drag Bob Prisbill along, and it'll probably be uh, much more. I mean, latest in spring, but a lot of recruiting in the next episode as uh, the Sooners get ready for their first uh, official visitor weekend of the new era where the juniors come in. Uh, do us a favor. A lot of great content coming out right now. Go to Soonerscoop.com. Uh, subscribe. The Crimson Corner is where it's all at. All our information, inside information, you can talk to us, ask us questions, tag us. Uh, we're always looking at the board. We're always around to answer your questions. Uh, and uh, helps us produce things like this podcast. So, uh, uh, 100 bucks a year, 10 bucks a month, Soonerscoop.com. Uh, we believe that it's well worth your while. So, uh, and so does Lincoln Riley. So does Lincoln Riley, most importantly. Uh, Jim Traber will probably not be subscribing, nor will Dean Blevins, but those are the breaks. Sometimes there are casualties of war. Eddie Eddie Bradosovich's wars. There is no war. This is this is a domination. All right, uh, that's gonna Pe do it. Some people are relevant. Some that people that will are. do it. 
Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you back here next time, next week. Well, I don't know. There's no set time. It's a podcast. We'll see you guys next week right back here on the Unofficial 40 brought to you by Soonerscoop.com. Podcasts from Soonerscoop.com.